electronics are just part of everyday life. They are here to stay. <laughs> They're not going away. And I have to be realistic and try and make a balance. I know that I can do that if I just make forward progress and baby steps. I don't have to handle hours and hours of screen time or electronics getting handled today. <laughs> Nothing's going to change overnight. It's a very stepwise process. If I can just keep myself calm and think about the positives, if I can see electronics as an opportunity rather than a problem, then I'm going to have more success moving forward and know that if something doesn't work, then that's okay. I can come back and change things. Nothing's ever set in stone and nothing's forever. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. Do you ever feel completely guilty or you feel like there's just a lot of shame, especially around when it comes to electronics or screen time, maybe you see threads in Facebook groups you're in, or maybe you talk to other parents and you almost don't want to tell them about the challenges that you're having or the plans that you've made because you don't want them to judge you or you're afraid of what they might think. Maybe you hear a lot of, this is what you should do. This is what's best. This is how you should handle electronics. And yet what you're doing in your family is radically different. So it makes you wonder, am I doing this wrong? Am I causing problems? Am I making things worse than they are? If that's you at all, then you are definitely going to want to hang out with us today because I am chatting with an amazing mama who has created a electronics plan that's balanced between having time for electronics and also time for other things, but that's a work in progress and that fits her unique family based on the needs that she has discovered. And so I think you guys are going to get a ton out of this today. So I'd like to introduce you to the amazing Jen McLeish. So Jen, I would love to say hi. And can you share a little bit about your, tell people a little bit about yourself and your family. What was the struggle that you were dealing with before you came to where we're going to talk about today? Sure. Hi, Tina. So yeah, I'm Jen and I come from Scotland. I have two amazing super kids aged 11 and 6. And my 11-year-old is part-time at school. My 6-year-old is home educated fully. And my husband and I both work from home. So we have to have a pretty flexible schedule for what we do. 
And I've made a plan for electronics based on that, considering that my six-year-old is, is fully home-educated and it's her that I'm um, really focusing on. She, the electronics is my current chaos causer with her. Uh, a little bit of background, both my girls are autistic and have sensory processing disorder. And my youngest, my six-year-old, who uh, I'm going to be talking about today, has got another eating disorder that is linked to autism. It's called ARFID. Um, not that many people have probably heard of that. It's it's avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And that'll be important to my plan that I explain later because electronics actually really helps with that and managing her anxiety. So uh, I've been in the CTC world for a couple of years now. And um, from that, I've managed to solve um, two massive chaos causes that we were having. Initially, I joined... Um, for my SK11, who was nine at the time, she was having multiple daily meltdowns. And this is really where my story begins for my six-year-old. If I could set the scene for you, she grew up having to witness her big sister having really terrible meltdowns all the time. I was on my own for a lot of it with the girls because my husband works away from home a lot. So I felt really under pressure on my own, having to deal with, with these really awful meltdowns for my 11-year-old. And uh, I would have to, to keep my little one safe because she was obviously a toddler at this point. Often I would have to get her either in a corner of the room or beside me just outside the room and I would give her a tablet or my phone to keep her occupied and to keep her safe and from not coming in and out of the room while I was trying to deal with her big sister and the kind of chaos that was going on around that. So yes, I think this is really, for me, where all this guilt started because I felt like I was shoving a phone or a tablet in in her face and she was just this little toddler who had so much energy and just wanted to play and often my days just weren't going to go like that because I was putting out a lot of fires (laughs) with her big sister and I didn't really have a choice and I had no one else there to help me. Yeah, I realised now obviously I was doing the best I could at the time but I realised that this formed a bit of a habit for my youngest that she was just expecting to get electronics and things. So yeah, this is where the guilt kind of stemmed from. Yeah, thank you for sharing that too. I think setting the stage is really important. And I'm sure there's a lot of parents who are watching right now who can relate to something similar. Either they are a stay-at-home parent or they've got multiples. They're Maybe they're dealing with meltdowns like you were dealing with as well with your oldest. And I know that was something we would do as part of our safety plan and emergency plan for the siblings to go and go into a room, watch TV, watch their favorite show, eat their favorite snacks while we took care of their brother because we didn't want them to have to witness all of the things that he was going through when he was dysregulated. And I'm sure there's lots of other people here who can relate to that. And then you talk about this guilt that sets in because now you're, you've created this habit. You aren't giving them the attention that everyone says you should and all the things. So I really appreciate you for opening up for being vulnerable and for sharing that. I know that's going to open up space for other people to talk about it as well. I know that what we're going to talk about is a work in progress. And you've been working on a plan for electronics with your six-year-old. For those of you, SK means just super kids. So super kid six is a six-year-old. And so working on a plan with your six-year-old 
And here at Calm the Chaos, we have uh, four pieces to each of our plans, which is the you connect, understand, empower. And from what I understand, you're going to walk us through those four steps that you use to create this plan for your SK around electronics. Is that correct? Yep, I can do that. No problem. <laughs> sure. Okay. So the you piece is always focusing on your own thoughts around the struggle and like I say, it'd be very easy for me to just sit and feel guilty about what has happened and, and lead up to my six-year-old having all this use of electronics. But like I was saying before, I know that I was just doing what I could at the time and trying to keep both of my kids safe and safety is so important. And also I realised my daughter actually learned so much because... It would be educational shows that she'd be watching or cartoons that were teaching her numbers and letters and songs and stories and things like that. If I think about it rationally, then I actually know she did have a benefit from having them on too. Um, and, it, and it kept her happy at the time and it allowed me to deal with other behaviours. So, so that's the first thought I had to deal with. Um, also, um, I think have to just accept that electronics are just part of everyday life. They are here to stay. <laughs> They're not going away. Um, so I have to be realistic and know that they're just going to be a part of our life and try and make a balance. And I know that I can do that if I just make, I can make forward progress just in baby steps. I don't have to handle hours and hours of screen time or electronics use getting like handled today <laughs> like nothing's going to change overnight it's a very stepwise process and if I can just keep myself calm and think about the positives as well if I can see electronics as an opportunity rather than a problem then I'm going to have more success moving forward and know that if something doesn't work then that's okay I can come back and change things nothing's ever set in stone and nothing's forever <laughs> you can always come back to things I love that so much and so for this you piece is really important of just like swapping that guilt to I'm doing the best I can I think if people walk away with just that one thought swap that can be incredibly powerful um, and I really like this focusing on the tiny progress and just continuing to make little steps forward um, and accepting that electronics are just part of our life so I really love that so moving on from that as you've started now to remain calm. And that's what kind of happened with this. As you started to focus on the positives, you started to focus on, I'm doing the best I can and removing that guilt. What that did is, did that change your ability to interact differently or your ability to uh, respond differently to, to your daughter? Yeah, of course, because I wasn't really stressed anymore or feeling bad or like I shouldn't be doing this. I, I was able to just take a breath and be calm and just deal with things in the moment and yeah just be calm with her and know that I could make a plan to make things better and if you're calm yourself then you, your kids always feed off of your energy they feel less tension from you and then you can approach them in a less stressed way to ask them to come off electronics and things and of course that helps because if you go in shouting and um, flying off the handle then you're going to raise their fight or flight response as well and then you're going to add more fuel to the fire so you really need to be calm yourself um, to get the best outcome 
Yeah. So once you were calm, now what was the next thing that you really worked on? So I guess that would move me on to the kind of connect part of it, the, the framework. Thinking about using uh, electronics as a tool and the opportunities it gives us. My family, we can connect so well using electronics and having lots of fun. Everyone likes playing Mario Kart and like the Mario board games and like just dance as well. So like it can be good for some physical movement, which obviously both my girls um, really benefit from because of their high sensory needs. It's lovely to sometimes watch old videos that I've taken of like when we've been on days out or being with family and we can sit together and watch them and reminisce about those times and talk about what happened and have a laugh about things. So it's lovely connection time, actually. Mm. Obviously, we use Zoom and things to speak to family and friends who are far away. So that's great connection uh, for the girls, not only with me, but for other family members. Movie nights, like we can snuggle up on the sofa together and really enjoy that family time. Um, we all love singing and dancing, so we'll dance along to the Encanto <laughs> uh, song. You can spend ages doing that. My six-year-old and I love yoga, so like we'll do some kids' yoga together. Like We couldn't do that if we didn't have the TV to facilitate that. And, oh, another thing that actually I really love, this is a great positive electronics use I have found, is Headspace an app that um, it really helps at bedtime. So they have these fantastic animations that we all um, lie in bed and watch together. And it talks about all kinds of mindfulness um, uh, techniques to get them calm before bed or how to think about their own thoughts and feelings. Um, so we find that really helpful. And we can listen to like nature sounds that really helps them to sleep. There's so many positives that you can use electronics for just to connect with one another um, if you can find a way so that they're not just playing themselves on the games like how you can be involved with them then that's good time that you're spending together and having all those positive interactions mm. and what's the what is the benefit of when you're trying to make a plan when you're trying to make a plan that works for both of you like why include this connection piece why is that important because if you're not well connected with your child, it's so much more difficult to then sit and make a plan where you can problem solve moving forward. Your kid has to feel really comfortable and safe with you and know that they can talk to you about anything and, and be heard and we can all listen to each other and um understand our needs and things like that and if, if you're not connected if you feel like you've just had days and days of just arguing or pulling electronics off of them they're not going to be in, in the right mindset or the right place to sit down with you and have that chat or that huddle of hey we need to to think about an electronics plan we need to be able to be comfortable first with each other and feel really close before that's going to happen Dana here, and guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. 
Yeah, that's amazing. So once you're able to start building that trust and that safety and connecting, so now you're remaining calm, this is helping them remain calm while and build that trust and safety. So what is the, the next big piece? Because you talked about at the beginning that you could get a plan from the internet or something like that, but it wasn't going to work for your unique kid. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit more about that? Sure. So the understand piece is so important. So I think when kids are using electronics, you need to understand the root behind that. What is their need to be driven to just be like watching TV and, and not engage in other tasks? Mm-hmm. So I guess it's that looking under the surface kind of piece and seeing if they have any unmet needs and things like that. So for me, for our family, like I said, my six-year-old has a lot of complex uh, sensory needs and so trying to use a a plan off of Pinterest or something isn't going to work for us because those plans don't take into account other factors that you would need to think about if you have neurodiverse kids. Mm -hmm. The the thing I'd mentioned earlier when I was introducing myself, I was explaining that my six-year-old has the sort of eating disorder called ARFID. So actually, this makes eating, which is a basic need, we need to remember, it is very difficult for her. It's very anxiety um, provoking for her to have to be around food, to handle food, to, to smell it, just to experience it. And she has extremely limited foods that she can eat. She can only eat about four or five foods currently. So in order for her to be able to eat the small amount of food that she can have, I actually need to give her a tablet. And the psychologist that was involved in diagnosing her said that is like a a requirement for children with this eating disorder because when they have the tablet in front of them, their anxious brain is completely switched off. It allows them to escape from that sensory overwhelm because they're really engaged in what they're watching. Mm -hmm. So actually that's part of a therapy almost for her. And I don't think when you have such like a niche kind of thing that you're working, trying to work around like ARFID, um, that's not going to be included in a standard electronics plan that you find somewhere. I can't just say you've had your prescribed half an hour of electronics today, so too bad, you're just going to have to eat Mm -hmm. without it. That's just not going to work for us. Okay. yeah. Things that you found. So you found that there were some sensory needs. Now, some people might say, doesn't the electronics take away from this? It's not meeting the sensory needs, but you just said in order for her to eat, she's got to be distracted. And then also you were talking about like just dance and you were talking yeah. about doing yoga. And is that how yeah. you're meeting those sensory needs that why yeah. she's going after the electronics? Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing about having a SPD is that her brain is taking in so much information all the time from her environment. She gets overwhelmed very easily with everyday situations. And she needs a release from that and an escape from that. So I can see like when she is just so exhausted, like she's done, if she just has some time in front of a TV to relax, that helps her really settle back down and regulate. And then she's able to move on to the next thing that we might want to do together. Mm. which could be learning um, using an app. Like I say, she's homeschooled, so 
in order to help her learn and think about her education at the moment I'm actually relying a lot on apps because this was another thing that I had to consider as, as her needs is her experience from being in school for the time she was there it really knocked her self-esteem because she didn't cope in the classroom environment and things like holding a pencil were really difficult because she's hypermobile and she other kids would make fun of her writing and stuff like that so she really was miserable so now that she's at home she still remembers all that kind of trauma of feeling so bad about herself and so I can't get her to write but if I'm using a tablet she can use her finger to trace letters and things and she's much more engaged and likely to do that and she likes like the fun animations that you get that help do maths or whatever Mm -hmm. um so electronics has been really positive for her in that way as well um in helping her access education once she's regulated so I really have to break up my day between so doing some exercise for her because she likes spinning, like you're saying, that sensory needs. Um, so we'll either go outside and play at the park or we'll do the Just Dance or the yoga or something like that. Try and do something to do with learning, which could be on an app because that works for her right now because I'm still digging into the refusal and the avoidance on her part when it comes to doing education or educational things which I know is just from self-esteem issues at school, but I'm, I'm still working on that. And then she can have TV to settle, regulate, and then we'll move on to the next thing. So my day is very broken up. I love that. And can you tell me, so what is the plan look like now? What's the final, like what, there was one more, you said that you're still a work in progress. Is there... Yeah created a plan with her like now that you know all this what were you able to plan out with her you told us a little bit of it of now this is how you use it to access information you've introduced yep. some some breaks so can you walk us through what that last piece of empowerment looks like sure so i was able to have uh, a really good chat with her and we spoke about her needs and her struggles because we've been in ctc for so long she's very aware actually of her own needs and her triggers and, and what she needs to regulate so we could talk really well about this and quite clearly that when she feels a certain way then she knows she needs to ask for a break and if that means being tv for a set amount of time we'll do that but then if i detect by just observing her that she is possibly just getting bored then that would be when I would start using a timer of Mm -hmm. I think we've been on this long enough now how long do you need or can we finish up when the show finishes like this sort of thing and she's been quite good at using a timer she likes again electronics to rescue I've got like an apple watch so she likes asking Siri to set the timer on my watch (laughs) (laughs) so she knows when that goes off she's quite happy to come off and then we'll move to the next activity so I'm doing like first thens with her Mm -hmm. and actually sometimes tv has to be first because like I say even just sometimes her getting up and choosing what to eat for breakfast going through eating that is really stressful for her she Mm -hmm. needs downtime just from eating to then re-engage her brain to be ready to to learn or do whatever tasks that we're doing for the day yeah. And some days can be better than others. You know, autistic children can have good days and bad days, and I have to lower my expectations some days. I can tell, I can see when she is really going to struggle. So I keep everything very low and to a minimum. And if that means 
that she'll have extra screen time that day, then I just accept it because I know it's just one day. It's not a disaster. I don't need to catastrophize it. I just need to accept it and think about moving on next time. There's no point in me dwelling on that. We just move on and see how she's doing the next day. But her regulation um, is really the key thing for me and my main consideration. Yeah, this is really amazing because you've talked through not just what you've helped her with. I think a lot of times we start here, right? We start with a first then. And it's like, first eat your food, then you can have electronics. First do your homework, then you can have electronics. It might work in the short term, but it's not actually helping the kids be aware of their emotions, aware of their sensory needs, aware of different things. And you're getting really clear on having these conversations with her ahead of time. And then the the most important piece is this flexibility piece, like giving yourself permission to, because I think people think consistency means that you can't be flexible in your plan, but instead consistency is making sure that you have open communication with your child around what's happening. Yeah, sure. Like every day we'll have a discussion about what we're going to do and Sometimes the day will start off well and then we suddenly have to change our plan. And like say, it's just her and I checking in with each other all the time with what she needs and how she's feeling. And, and it's great because she has this awareness that like she can sometimes say to me, oh, mum, I need a break. Or when she's had the break, she'll suddenly say, I'm good now. Mum, let's go do this. Let's go. And then she'll be like a bundle of energy again because I've just let her have that time. It's just all she needed. And if I'd been stressed and shouting, no, you can't have TV. No, you've been on that long enough. It was just, it would just make the whole day go downhill and I wouldn't get as much out of her. It's really just like you say that back and forth compromising and mm-hmm. me not really having this target or a goal at the moment. I think so far we've done really well. Like I have significantly managed to reduce the time she spends using TV because we're using the timer and the scripts and just that checking in with each other and the flexibility. If I look back now, like I can see how much progress we're making, but The other thing is I have to be very clear and prioritise my time, particularly around bedtime, that that my focus is when you that I will spend that half an hour just with her and we'll do something that she really wants to do, like play Barbies or an imagination game because she would stay in an imaginary world all day. Um, I spend half my time being Ron Weasley from Harry Potter <laughs> she's Hermione Granger we just play games around that sort of thing stuff like that because she was that take, she's happy to come off the screen because she knows she's got me we've got that great connection time and then we transition up to bed and electronics around bedtime particularly was a struggle for us but since we've developed this plan the last sort of three to four weeks Every night has been great. There's been no problem because I have made sure that half hour, she just has that time with me and Mm -hmm. she can come off the electronics and we can just have lots of fun and then get up to bed. And she's not looking for it anymore. I'm really delighted. I think we're doing really, really well. And I know that baby step by baby step, things will get better. I've been in the CTC world long enough to know that you can get there in small steps. It's not about trying to make those big leaps and solve the problem straight away. It's not about that. You can totally do it in bits and don't put pressure on yourself to get there. 
I think some people see the plans and they seem almost too simple, but I think people don't realize is that you need less, right? But you need less, but better is focusing in on the key pieces that are important. And, and just to sum up, like, I'm going to come back to here. If we had to sum this up for anyone, the four key pieces really are that Uh, mindset shift of I'm going to accept that electronics are going to look different for our family and that electronics are a tool and that I'm doing the best I can, right? So that's the first stage. And then the second stage is let me connect and use electronics as a tool and can use it as a tool to connect and build that trust one baby step at a time so that when it comes time to make a plan, my kid already trusts me and already knows that they can come to me. And then the third step is really understanding like what are the unique needs and circumstances around your unique child and why your child is seeking out those electronics in the first place and what they're getting out of electronics because there is a reason that they are being drawn to electronics. And then using that information to help inform your plan and introduce this self-awareness to your child, which is that last piece of creating a plan that works specifically with your child and being flexible in that plan. And then just that final reminder that to continue to come back to this and tweak it over time. And I think this is a beautiful plan and obviously it works for you and your child. And the piece that is that's replicatable by anyone is that you can do the thought swap. What is the thing that's keeping you getting upset or triggered or frustrated around electronics? How can you change that thought? And then for connection, it's how can you build connection with electronics before actually trying to change the behavior around electronics? What can you understand more about why your child actually wants the electronics? Why you want them off of electronics? What are they missing out on? What are they needing? Those sorts of things. And then how can you use that information to empower your child and you to create a plan that works with both of you? So that's how you take this plan that looks like it's one size fits all with this you connect, understand, empower, and you personalize it to your unique family. I'd love to know from Jen, what is one final thing that you would say to anyone here who is feeling that heavy guilt of I can't let them do this because they'll learn that this is okay. Or I can't change my plans because then I'm not being consistent. Or um, I'm giving them too much electronics time because their brother needs me or the toddler needs me or whatever it is. What would you say to any parent who's dealing with that guilt and shame? Just to be kind to yourself. Things happen in your day, like plans can change all the time. And actually being flexible is a skill in a lot of ways. Like you need to teach yourself to be flexible. Yeah, just just to think about the baby steps and what needs you are meeting at that moment and that day. Because Mm -hmm. at any given time, something is going on under the surface for either you Uh, or for them or for another person in your family that is then giving that or requirement for the electronics so you're doing things for a reason and just analyze your thoughts when people are criticizing you you know so I got a lot of junk as well like people would walk past me if if we were out eating shaking their heads at me tutting kids they've got a tablet that's terrible or we don't eat family meals together because she's in a different room with a tablet and it's they don't know what's going on they don't really have 
a right to judge you and people do judge you but it's whether or not you react to that's the part you can control people make judgments all the time you make judgments about things all the time like we're human it's up to you how you want to respond to it. if you categorically know that you're doing the best for your family and meeting their needs it doesn't really matter what other people are saying or thinking or doing or what their electronics plan is because that works for them fine but you just need to do what's right for you and your family. You know your child best, so support them in the best way that you can and support yourself. Mums are just so hard on themselves, right? And it's hard to let go of that guilt, but as soon as you do, you can move forward with a positive mindset and look at opportunities rather than being stuck, um, you know, feeling bad when you don't have to. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> You're really not alone. I love that so much. Hopefully those of you watching who are feeling that shame and that guilt, you can just let it go. Like literally if you have to write it on a piece of paper, crumble it up and throw that away because you've got enough stress. You've got enough chaos in your life. You do not need more guilt or shame or any of the other things, that judgment that is going to happen, right? But you don't have to be affected by that judgment. I think that's one of my biggest takeaways from this call. So thank you so much, Jen. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. Amazing. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway. And I just, I want to reiterate, like you're not alone. You can let go of that guilt. You can let go of that shame. You are doing the absolute best that you know how to do for your family right now. And we see that and, and we're here for you. So any questions you have, any needs you have, we want to support you and help you uh, calm that chaos in your life. Uh, moving forward. So thank you. Thank you. And with that, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you, Jen, so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you so much. It was great to have this chat with you. Hopefully it'll help lots of other moms watching. I know that it will. So even if it just helps one, I know it's yeah. going to help so many people, but thank you so much, Jen and uh, everyone else go forth and conquer your day. Bye guys. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.